0: Today, I want to preach on the subject of sin. We talk a lot here at real life community church about God's grace, and and this is immensely important. I'm glad that we do. But we must also frequently be reminded of the severity and the seriousness of sin, even in the life of a believer. Uh, Much of the epistles are, are devoted to warnings and Uh, about sin and admonition towards sanctification, becoming more like Christ, running from sin and running towards God. And friends, we we live in the midst of a a post-modern culture where multitudes of people believe that there are no moral absolutes, that there's no definitive rights, no definitive wrongs. Essentially, what is right is what feels right to you. And what is wrong is what feels wrong to you. Because of this, what the Bible calls sin is not a big deal to our world because they don't see it as such. So it is vital that we guard ourselves from allowing that teaching to creep in our church because there is definitive Right, and there's definitive wrong. And the Bible lays it out. Sin is still sin. Amen. And no matter what the world would tell you. So we must be reminded that sin is indeed a big deal. That it has consequences. So if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn to Genesis chapter 4 with me. And I want to look at the life of Cain. And particularly the way that his sin affected not just his life, but the life of those around him. And I want you as I read through this text today to remember that sin does not just affect you, but it affects those that you love most, that you would never want to hurt. Sin destroys lives. It destroys churches. It destroys families. So I want us to look at the seriousness of sin. So I know you just sat down, but one more time, would you stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God? Genesis chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. The Bible says, Now Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I've gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at your door. Its its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Verse 8, Cain spoke to Abel, his brother, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. And then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? And he said, I do not know, am I my brother's keeper? and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Father, we just pray simply that You would add Your blessing to Your Word today as I preach it, and give us ears to hear, and help me to rightly divide the Word of truth. In Jesus' good name, Amen. You may be seated. I want to look at uh, four aspects of Cain's life this morning. And the first two I want to look at just very briefly, with the intention of showing that Cain actually did have some positive characteristics. And this is important because sometimes we like to think that even before we were Christians, that we were maybe a little better off than Cain. Maybe we weren't quite as bad as he was. But we must remember today that we have all sinned and we all fall short of the glory of God. We all need grace We all need to repent. We all need redemption. Amen? So we'll begin by looking at number one, Cain the worker. You can write that in your notes. Cain the worker. Verse 2 tells us that Cain was a farmer and Abel was a rancher. No doubt Adam and Eve had taught their children the value of hard work and i want you to understand something i've said this before that work is a good thing come on somebody work was god's design get this even before the fall this is not just a part of the fall it got work got a little more difficult because of the fall but god designed us to work even before the fall work is a blessing genesis 3:15 says that the lord this is pre-fall, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. Okay? Work is a good thing. It is a blessing. I mean, think about it. It brings uh, feelings of accomplishment. It gives us purpose. It gives us a way to make a living. And as Christians, I want to remind you that, that we do not just work to pay the bills. That's not the only purpose of work. It is that, it's wonderfully that. I'm grateful for a job that helps me pay the bills, but it's so much more than that. See, we work to serve God, we are to do all things as unto the Lord. We our work allows us to use our God given talents to glorify Him. Work is a blessing. And so Cain and Abel are, are both willing to work, and this is good. Cain's work was commendable. He he was a farmer. Got any farmers in the house? Really, we're in Richmond, Kentucky, and not one farmer. All right. Well, my family, or my in-laws, grew up on a farm, so, and they live on a farm now. So, surely you doing any farming this week? No. Okay. Both Cain and Abel had a had a willingness to work, and I love this about them. Uh, this is something that our our uh, country would be do well to hear uh, and, and to listen to again and to take on. We need to be better workers in America. Listen to this. This is wild. In November of 2014, the Pew Research Center reported that more than 92 million Americans, 37% of the civilian population age 16 and over, are neither employed nor unemployed. But they fall into the category of not in the labor force. Get this. That means that they aren't working now but haven't looked for work recently enough to be counted as unemployed. Cain is better in some way than a good portion of Americans because at least he was willing to work. Laziness and an unwillingness to work Is a sin. Now, if you absolutely can't work, that's different. But laziness is a sin. Okay? We are to work. Cain was a worker. But secondly, I love this, I want to look at Cain the worshiper. This is important because working is not enough in and of itself. Workers must also be worshippers of God. Okay? if you are not a worshiper of God what will happen work will become your idol that's not good okay we must we, we must keep God at the top he must be our first love see we're all worshipers we're all every person in here is a worshiper the not the, the question is not do you worship it's who do you worship or what do you worship We all worship something. There's something that has your allegiance. Or there's somebody that has your heart. And I hope that somebody is Jesus Christ. But today we know that people worship their jobs, their careers. There's people who worship their family. They worship money. They worship possessions. They worship hobbies. They worship fashion. You name it, there is somebody somewhere who worships it. But somebody or something has your heart. They have your allegiance. They have your worship. In Genesis 4, 3, it says, In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. Now, Cain actually went to worship the Lord with an offering. Now, I know his offering was rejected, and I'm going to get to that in a moment. But before we go there, let me say this. At least Cain went to worship with an open hand. Bringing the Lord something. So I would suggest that he's better off than many people all across our country today and world sitting in church pews. Because they go into worship as consumers. It's all about me. You better sing my song. You better preach the way I want it. Your kids' ministry better be how I want it. Your youth group better be how I want it. They're putting themselves in the place of God. And they're coming to church as the uh, in the position of a consumer. Not as a worshiper. Now, don't misunderstand me. We are to receive at church. My job is to equip you... For the work of the ministry. But it's not about us ultimately. It's about God. It's about His glory. So I I want us to get this. That we're all worshiping something. And Cain at least went to the Lord with something. He, He knew that worship was not just about getting. But it was also about giving. Now that being said. Obviously Cain had some major issues. He had the main issue that we all have, and that is the issue of sin. And there's not a person in this room that's not affected by the issue of sin. So number three, let's look at Cain, the wrongdoer. The second part of verse four said that the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. Think about this, God accepted Abel's offering, but rejected Cain's. Can you that, that would be quite disheartening. Can you see this? And I want you to understand that there was nothing wrong physically with Cain's offering. According to Leviticus 2, and this is prior to the law, but after the law, you can go to Leviticus chapter 2, and you can see that this would have been an acceptable offering. He was a farmer. This is what he did. Why would God reject this offering? Because God sees the heart. Go with me if you would to the book of Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 4. And I think we get a glimpse as to why this offering was rejected. Hebrews 11 and verse 4 says, By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. Because those two words at the beginning of the sentence is important. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. Through which he was commanded, commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. See, Abel offered his sacrifice in faith. This means his heart was right with the Lord. Was Abel perfect? No. Had Abel sinned before? Yes. But Abel went to the Lord with his offering, with a heart to please God, to worship God. His heart was in the right place. Cain, on the other hand, offered an outward sacrifice while his heart was far from the Lord. It sounds like the Pharisees, doesn't it, in the New Testament, who worship God with their mouths, but their hearts were far from Him. Warren Worsby said this, he said, quote, Cain wasn't rejected because of his offering, but his offering was rejected because of Cain. End quote. That's powerful. Here's what this tells me. God is not interested... In our mechanical obedience. God is not interested in just mechanical obedience. And our churches are filled with people who sit in pews, who even serve, who give in the offering. All out of duty. Not out of love. Not out of a heart that treasures Jesus Christ above all things. This, friends, is very, very displeasing to the Lord. And these are people who the Bible talks about who have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. See, Cain had hidden sin in his heart and he likely knew this was displeasing to the Lord but he didn't deal with it. He just, he just kept doing what he was doing and he brings an offering to the Lord. And how often do we act like this? We know that the Lord's dealing with us in an area and we come to church Smiles on our faces like everything's okay. Acting like everything is alright. But we know it's not. And we lift our hands in the air and we sing to our God. And we sing songs of worship and we sing songs like I surrender all. But yet our hearts are not surrendered to Him. Friends, that's a dangerous place to be. So what was Cain's sin in particular? He had many, I'm sure, but one of the ones we see here in verse 6 is the sin of envy. Look what the Bible says. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why is your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, listen to what he says, Sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you but you must rule over it. Cain was an envious brother. And see, we think, okay, yeah, murder is a sin, but envy, I can manage this one. These sins of the heart will crush you. These are serious, serious sins. The sin of envy is very serious. See, envious people cannot celebrate when God does something good in your life. You'll come to church and you'll share about a blessing or a promotion you got during the week and there'll be another church person that will be mad at you because of envy. They'll be angry because they think they ought to get blessed, not you. There are people that come to church with envy every week. Well, I'm not as pretty as her or I'm not as handsome as him or why does she get to be married and I don't or some of the married people, why does she get to be single and I... That's not funny. Or why why does why do they have children and I don't? Or why do they get to be able to sing like that? I, Lord, I would, I would sing for you all of my life. Why don't I have a voice like that? Or why I don't why do I not have the gift to teach like so and so? And so this is this is relevant. This is in our church today. People come and they're envious. And this, friends, is a serious, serious sin. So God comes to Cain and He says, Cain, why are you so upset? If you just do what is right, won't you be accepted? Don't be mad at him. Learn from him. Don't be mad at your brother. Just do what he's doing and the blessing and the favor of God will be on you. See, I love the heart of God here because God doesn't condemn Cain at this point. He converses with Cain. You know what he's doing? He's attempting to elicit repentance. It is the kindness of the Lord that leads us to repentance. Cain, I still love you. Cain, just repent. Do what's right. Listen, God may be speaking to some of you this very moment. And you know you have a sin of the heart. Maybe nobody on either side of you or in front of you or behind you Knows what it is. But you know. And the Lord knows. And maybe you hear the Lord today, even through this message, saying, Repent. Sin is crouching at your door, like He tells Cain. Repent. Turn from it. It's only going to get worse if you don't move away from it. So God tells Cain, listen, Cain, sin is crouching at your door, but Cain doesn't listen to the Lord Oh, how much trouble do we get into because we don't listen to the Lord? See, Cain thinks he can manage it because this is just a little sin, right? I'm not doing anything major. But see, sin, friends, always takes you further than you want to go, and it will always cost you more than you want to pay. I didn't coin the phrase, but I believe it. It will always cost you more than you signed up for. Sin is serious. And even the sins of the heart. You say, well, I'm not doing anything. What's the Bible say? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And we're going to see this in Cain's life. He had envy in his heart. And that envy turns to hatred for his brother. And eventually it leads to murder. This is wild. Cain kills his brother. These are the first two brothers to ever live. And Cain kills him. Do you see the impact of sin? It's not just about Cain, but Abel experiences a great injustice. He's murdered for doing what's right. He's murdered because Cain is envious of him and his life has ended. And think about this. If Cain would have just heeded the warning of the Lord. If Cain would have just turned from his sin like the Lord had requested. Abel would have lived. This murder wouldn't have taken place. You see the seriousness of sin? Think of the disappointment of Adam and Eve. I mean, they're at the front end of this. They're, they're, they're first two children. They're, they're blessed and, and, and they're loving life and they're excited. And then one child is senselessly taken from them and the other is now a murderer. Can you imagine the heartache and the disappointment? See, your sin, my sin, does not just affect us, but it affects all those who are around us. See, sin rips families apart. And it would behoove us, church, to repent and to turn away from those things. Don't believe the lie of the enemy. Look at me. Don't believe the lie of the enemy that you can manage it and come out okay on the other side. That's what Cain thought. Didn't work out so well for him. Some of you, the Lord's dealing with you. Don't disobey the Lord and think, well, He's just going to forgive me. Forgiveness is great. We're going to talk about this in a moment, but there's still consequences for sin. It will destroy your life. It will destroy those whom you love. It gets even worse with Cain. He refuses to repent and he lies to God. The omniscient God, creator of heaven and earth, who knew the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. Cain, where's your brother? And instead of falling on his knees, repenting, what's he do? He lies. I don't know. Who am I? Am I my brother's keeper? I don't know where he's at. See, sin is progressive. One sin leads to another. Another. And it'll cause you to do some crazy things. Lie to God, are you kidding me? This is crazy, but it's what sin does. So you see the impact, you see the the seriousness of sin. Give no place to the devil. I'm pleading with somebody today. Please turn from sin. Run. And so we've looked at Cain the worker and Cain the worshiper and Cain the wrongdoer. I want to look at Cain, finally, the Wanderer. Cain, the Wanderer. See, there are consequences for sin. God is a gracious God, but sin will always cost you something. It will always cost me something. And Cain has severe consequences. Go with me to verse 10. And the Lord said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. And watch what he says. Now you're cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's brother's blood from your hand. Now he's a farmer, keep this in mind. When you work the ground, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. You shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. And Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Cain's punishment is linked to his crime. He's a farmer and he'll no longer be able to cultivate the soil because his brother's blood has been spilt into that very soil. Now here's what's interesting. Even at this point, after all that Cain has done, Cain is sorry for his consequences, but he's not sorry for his sin. There's a big difference. Have you ever known somebody who they're sorry they got caught, but they're not sorry? Friends, we have got to guard from this. Our sin ought to break our hearts, not just the consequences. Look at verse 13. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment's greater than I can bear. Behold, you've driven me today away from the ground. So it's going to affect his his livelihood. And watch this. And from your face I shall be hidden. And from your face I shall be hidden. The greatest cost to sin is that it breaks our fellowship with God. Even in the life of a believer. Okay, You don't get unsaved every time you sin. The Bible doesn't teach that. But there are severe consequences. And one of the consequences, and some of y'all have been there, we've all been there, is being on the outs with God, and that's not a place I want to be. You mean You move from a place in that inner circle of His favor and His blessing to a place of chastisement. He chastises those whom He loves. And even that's a blessing. I'm thankful the Lord disciplines us to get us in the line. But that's not a place I want to live. It's not a place I want to be. To be saved, to to know God is, is to treasure him like we've talked about for several weeks, above all things. If you treasure him above all things, you will not want to sin. You will stumble. I stumble. I stumbled this week. You will sin. But that shouldn't be your heart. When we sin, it ought to break our hearts. It ought to break our hearts. We feel like maybe, well, I'm not out shooting up or I'm not out getting drunk or I didn't kill anybody this week. That's a good week, right? Aren't you happy your preacher didn't do that this week? I didn't murder anybody. Went all week and didn't... Listen, we, we kind of think we're better. We, we somehow place ourselves above and, and think, okay, well, we're good, but they're sins of the heart. Young people, it's as simple as is dishonoring your father or mother. Serious sin. Adults can do that too. Yes. <laughs> Don't dishonor your parents. It may be within your marriage. Dishonoring your spouse. Men and women. It might be canes. It might be envy. Maybe you came in today envious of somebody else. It might be jealousy. It might be sinning in your anger. Anger in and of itself is not a sin. But maybe you're hot tempered. And you lost it with somebody this week. You feel pretty good because you didn't deck them, but you use some choice words with them. That ruins our testimony. And the list can go on and on and on. See, there are there are consequences for those sins, and the worst of which is it moves us out of fellowship with God. And and watch this. Even when we do repent, we are forgiven, but there are lasting consequences. Often that are still a part of our lives. Let me give you the most obvious examples. Of the Bible in the Bible is David and Bathsheba. David, King David, man after God's own heart, wasn't perfect. He went and he he had committed adultery with another man's wife named Bathsheba. To cover it up, he had her husband killed by putting him on the front lines of battle. So now he's got adultery, murder, and he just keeps. On trying to cover it up. When he slept with Bathsheba, she became pregnant. And now her husband is gone, and it's just David and Bathsheba. And she has a baby, and he dies because of David's sin. And he wept, and he tore his clothes, and he fasted. But all the praying in the world never brought that baby back. Did God forgive David? Absolutely. He went on to be a great king. But the consequences still affected him. So what I'm saying is, heed the warning of the Lord. Don't play the card well. He's going to forgive me. If that's your attitude, then the heart is not in the right place. Your sin will affect you. Before I close, I just want to mention quickly God's mercy in this. This is incredible. Cain became scared for his life. And so God does a really peculiar thing. He puts a mark on Cain that would protect him from those who wanted to kill him. So why would God do this? Why not just let him die? This is Old Testament. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, right? Why? Even furthermore, Cain went on to have a wife and children, built a city... Why, why would God let these things happen to him? Because God is a merciful and a gracious God. He is a merciful and a gracious God. See, in mercy, God doesn't give us what we deserve. And in grace, He gives us what we don't deserve. And we're on the other side of the cross than Cain. And so we understand this better than he did. See, we have great news being on the other side of the cross because we've been given incredible grace through the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But to receive that grace, we must repent and put our faith, our trust in Jesus Christ. We must be born again. Over the course of my almost two decades in ministry, I've seen sin crouch at the door of several individuals. Many of those who fail to heed the warnings of God, of their pastors, of the deacons, of friends, and it costs them. I've watched families ripped apart. Because of sin, I've seen it cost people their businesses, their homes, their health, their sanity, and ultimately, literally, their lives. I've done funerals of people who were in the grave because they didn't repent. They kept doing the same sin and the same sin, thinking they were untouchable. One of my good friends, and I just wept at his funeral because I told him over and over and over run. Run. Change your influences. Get this out of your life. Repent. But he felt like he could manage it. And it cost him in the end his life. So today you might be able to fool me by by showing up to church and saying the right words and singing the songs and maybe being real spiritual and shedding a little tear. You could fool me you cannot fool the lord today who sees the heart and who is not into mechanical worship mechanical obedience don't be like cain heed the warning of your pastor this morning heed the warning of the lord this morning even better maybe you're a christian and you're here and you have some quote unquote hidden sin deal with it today don't let it go any further. It will take you further than you want to go and it will cost you more than you want to pay. You cannot play with fire and not get burned. Deal with it today. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, oh, I want to beg you to put, give your life to Jesus Christ. Put your faith in Him. If you'll believe in your heart in His death, and His burial, in His resurrection. That He died for your sins and that He's risen today. If you'll confess Jesus Christ as your Lord, you can be saved. All the sin that we're talking about today can be washed away in the moment. And it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Friends, that's grace. That's the mercy and the grace of God. Who sent His only begotten Son. That whosoever would believe in Him would not perish but have eternal life. Okay? I want to invite you to stand. Praise to if you would come. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that You would speak to the hearts of Your people. If there be one in here that's not saved, may they call on You today. I pray for any that maybe need to just come to the altar today and just get right with You. Maybe they are Christians, but maybe they're out of fellowship with You. Oh Lord, let them... Let them get right before you today. I thank you and I praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.